0: How much does your average American know about Spain? Probably very little. So, are Americans all ignorant? Well, that's a longer story, which I'll tell here. Let me speak from personal experience. I've been living here in Spain for about 19 years now, and a lot of people ask me why I chose to come to Spain and what I knew about it before I arrived. Why is a long story which I've told elsewhere. Short version, I was young and having an adventure, plus there was a certain girl in Madrid I wanted to hang out with. What I knew about Spain before arriving is a much shorter story because I always have to admit, somewhat apologetically, that I knew absolutely nothing. Yes, I moved halfway around the world without having any real idea of what to expect. I didn't even really have an opinion or mental image of Spain. I had spent about a week here previously, traveling from city to city, and I liked the feel of it. I'd seen a couple of neighborhoods in Barcelona, a bit of Valencia, Granada, and Madrid. That was enough to get me on the plane. Also, I was young, stupid, and idealistic, and moving to Spain was just one of a series of bad ideas I had in my teens and early 20s. A bad idea that actually turned out surprisingly well now that some time has passed and we have that famous hindsight bias on our side. I'm Daniel Welsh and this is Spain to Go, the best podcast in the entire multiverse for all things Spain. This is episode 44 about American ignorance. I talked about this a little bit in my Previous episode, European Stereotypes Revisited, but let's go hard on American ignorance today. So, like I said, young, stupid, idealistic Daniel, almost 20 years ago now, moved to Spain without any previous knowledge. Because, how much do you really need to know about a country in order to catch a plane? I am not into over planning. And in those days I wasn't even into underplanning. I bought a plane ticket to Madrid, put my six best t-shirts in a duffel bag and figured I'd work out the details later. And I did. It took quite a while, longer than I would have expected, but I didn't really expect much of anything from my life at that point. Thought I was going to die young and rock starishly. When that didn't happen, I decided it was time to get my shit together, I got my visa, and here we are. These days, I know that you learn a lot more about a country by spending a couple of weeks there than you ever would reading travel blogs or looking at photos on Instagram. And in those days, we didn't even have travel blogs. This was 2004, so I went to the bookshop, I got a copy of Orwell's Homage to Catalonia, and I called it a day. Of course, I did learn some Spanish before coming, years before, which was an adventure in itself. So, wanna know more about American ignorance? Let's go. I remember quite clearly that my first introduction to the concept of Spain was an elementary school Spanish class. It was during the Barcelona Olympics. I guess that was 1992, so I was about nine and a half at the time. Our teacher, she was from Ecuador, I believe, showed us where Spain was on a world map, a small peninsula just south of England, basically, and explained that in Spain they spoke Spanish and they had 50 states just like the US. Then she went right back to teaching us useless vocabulary like hipopotamo, jirafa, and elefante. That was it, no Spanish history, nothing. And I guess I should mention that I didn't believe the 50 states thing at all. How are they going to fit 50 states into such a small country? Turns out I was wrong. They actually do have 50 provinces, which is sort of the same thing. My ignorance of European distances and how kilometers work lasted me through my first several years in Spain. I remember once getting in a friend's car in Madrid at around 11 a.m., We were going to Toulouse in the south of France, and I just assumed we'd be there for lunch. I believe we eventually got there for dinner the next day, after spending a night sleeping in the car in the Pyrenees. But I digress. Anyway, I hated learning Spanish back then because even in my little pre-adolescent brain, it was clear that knowing the names of a few African animals in a foreign language was a waste of time. The teacher didn't teach us how to talk about anything we might find in Arizona, like rattlesnakes or scorpions or teddy bear cholla. It was also abstract and impractical. In any case, when we weren't learning how to say hipopotamo and jirafa, we were watching low-budget videos of a fat guy in a dog costume, Perro Pepe, who would teach kids Spanish vocabulary. You can watch Perro Pepe on YouTube. There's at least one short video. It's pretty absurd, and it was probably produced in LA or Miami for Univision or something similar. It's fun though, now. At the time, however, I was unimpressed. Why don't Americans speak more languages? Well, I don't wanna speak for all 330 million Americans or whatever the number is right now when you're listening to this. But I can tell you that in my case, nobody made a compelling argument for language learning in my middle-class life growing up in the Arizona desert. With math, they tried much harder. Learn calculus or you'll end up flipping burgers for the rest of your life. You don't wanna be a total failure, do you? Well, I learned calculus and still, the local Burger King never called me back about my job application. My high school offered French and Spanish. I took Spanish because I was under the impression that I'd need a foreign language credit to get into college. By that time, I was pretty suspicious of adults who said I needed to know things. Most of the adults I was acquainted with seemed to know very little, but it seemed more likely that I'd run into a Spanish speaker someday than a French speaker So, I signed up. We had students from Mexico in my school district, but they were off in some ESL program somewhere, and I almost never saw them around. In any case, I wasn't sold on the Spanish language until much later when I dropped out of college and ended up working in a kitchen. I wasn't flipping burgers, I was grilling paninis, which is much classier, thank you very much. Being in contact with Spanish speakers at work made language practice more fun and interesting than anything I ever did in high school. Eventually, I would spend a couple of decades as a language teacher and draw some new conclusions about why Americans don't all speak multiple languages. Basically, it boils down to two things. One, learning a foreign language is hard. Two, most people who learn languages do it because they need to. That is to say, people who learn languages for fun or in order to become more well-rounded, knowledgeable individuals are pretty rare, because actually learning a language takes years. People who learn 200 words and then just claim to speak a language at native level are more common, as are people who think, I'll just learn the local language from a phrasebook on the plane. How hard could Japanese possibly be, right? So, long story short, My theory is that Americans don't speak languages because they don't need to or want to, just like most other monolingual people out there. But back to my more ignorant teenage years. Because my knowledge about Spain grew very little in the coming years. In high school, when we learned about the age of exploration and the colonization of America, there must have been some mention of Spain, but mostly the teachers talked about what was going on in the Americas, or on the high seas. The names of the Spanish conquistadors, the fate of the Armada, all that. As far as I can remember, Spain as an actual country in Europe, with its own history and culture, was not really part of the picture. In high school Spanish class, I remember doing an activity that involved picking out some of the words in Mecano's classic song, Maquillate which was a truly awful experience. Mostly, what I got out of the whole thing was the knowledge that other countries also had crappy pop music. It had never occurred to me that there might be other types of music outside what was being played on the radio stations around Phoenix. So anyway, that was my introduction to world music, and also Spanish reflexive verbs. Even today, I can't get more than 10 seconds into a Meccano song without wanting to vomit. Sorry, Meccano. Sorry, Spanish culture. If the teachers back in 9th or 10th grade told us anything about Spanish life, history, or geography, I obviously wasn't listening. I guess I was probably busy having hormonal fantasies about getting out of Arizona. So, in one way or another, between the Barcelona Olympics and university, I managed to spend about 10 years without giving any serious thought to Spain. Did I give any serious thought to other European countries like France or Italy during that time? It's doubtful. At university, I had a real madrileño teaching me Spanish for a semester. Our homework was usually to go to the video library and watch early Almodóvar films. If you haven't seen any early Almodóvar, well, that's your loss. Let's just say that I remember one film, La Ley del Deseo, that had Antonio Banderas as a young gay or bi-curious gentleman. There was a love scene with some comic relief when his lover had to search around for a tub of Vaseline, if I recall correctly. There was another film in which one of the main characters, also played by Antonio Banderas, was a bullfighter. It ended kind of badly when the other two main characters committed murder-suicide in the middle of, uh, lovemaking. It was some weird sex and death fetish. Don't ask. So Almodovar was perhaps the worst possible introduction to modern Spanish lifestyles. The films were so obviously surrealistic and weird that all I learned about Madrid or Spain was that a lot of people lived in red brick buildings. Literally. Literally. As for the bullfighting, well, I took that as a symbol or something. I never expected to come over and find that people actually did it. The red brick building thing wasn't an exaggeration. That's absolutely true. But anyway, here's the mystery. How is it possible that I managed to graduate high school and even do some college and end up knowing virtually nothing about Spain? Well, I'm not quite sure. All I can say is that what I remember of my experience in the American educational system is that we mostly focused on ourselves. The existence of other countries outside the U.S. was an incidental and largely irrelevant fact, and the majority of Arizonians seemed to think that people in other countries were living barefoot and hungry in little mud huts, wishing they could emigrate to America for a better life. It was common knowledge when I was growing up that everybody else in the world spent most of their time thinking about America or wishing they could live here. So I don't think I was in any position to know better. You can call me ignorant but the fact is I think my level of ignorance was completely normal. Does the average American know anything about Spain? Probably not. Does he know anything about any other country? Not really. So why don't Americans travel more? Well, like I mentioned in the previous episode of this podcast, originally I wrote this article because of a little international crisis. The TV show How I Met Your Mother, which I repeat, I have never watched, at one point did an episode in which Ted, as a teenager, travels around Spain. In the course of his travels, he runs into a mariachi band and dances a tango. Neither of those things are from Spain, and people were outraged. Challenged about this by a student at the language school, I decided to do some research and write about that famous American ignorance. And I had to admit that it's true up to a point. We don't know a lot about Spain. But I didn't think, and I don't think, that Americans have any sort of monopoly on ignorance. In other news, a lot of people in Europe also like to criticize Americans for not traveling more. There's that famous statistic about how some massive percentage of Americans don't even have a passport, blah, blah, blah. That percentage may be around 50%, it may be 63%, depends on who you ask. But it hasn't been 90% for many years now. I think what the critics miss, though, is the fact that international travel is expensive and that most Americans live hundreds or thousands of miles from any international border. Here in Spain, you can get a reasonably priced flight to any of 30 or so different European countries and be there by lunchtime. The visa-free Schengen area and the unified currency make travel a breeze. There's a survey on YouGov, which is pretty clear, yougov.com. The higher someone's income, the more likely they are to have a passport, and presumably, the more likely they are to travel abroad. What about the rest of us Americans? Well, let's just say we're not taking romantic weekend jaunts to Paris quite as often as we might like. So, how much do I know about Spain now? Well, when I wrote the original version of this article, I certainly didn't have a podcast about it. But it's been almost two decades living between Madrid and Barcelona, and so now I know a lot more. I've read some history books, watched some films, learned how to cook some great Spanish food. I've read a bit of Cervantes in Spanish, learned some Spanish profanity, learned some proverbs, which you can hear on this podcast, and traveled around as much as I've been able. Mostly, I've just talked to a lot of people. But I'm far from being really Spanish, whatever that means. My thoughts on integration are in a previous episode of this as well. I also am the first to admit that when I say Spain, I'm talking about Madrid and Barcelona, and there's a lot more Spain out there that I am less familiar with. However, Spanish people will get offended even now if I can't locate their hometown on a map. These are often the same people who think that Arizona is somewhere in the Midwest, or that the Grand Canyon is in Colorado, or that I'm an asshole for not considering Puerto Rico to be a state. You Americans are all so ignorant, they'll say. You don't even know your own geography, even the most obvious things like the fact that you have 52 states. It's a bit frustrating, but I guess I understand where they're coming from. Spaniards have spent their whole lives watching American TV and movies, and they at least imagine that they know a lot about the U.S. and its culture. And they think we should probably know an equal amount about them. Well, sorry Spain, we don't. In any case, Spain has a lot of wonderful things, a lot of beautiful places, a lot of history, and a lot of interesting stories to tell, and that's what I'm going to continue talking about on this podcast. I hope you all enjoy it. Maybe you'll even learn something. That's all I've got for today. I hope you have a great day wherever you are in the world. I'm headed off to Scandinavia for a week or so. After that, I'll be back with much, much more. As usual, head by expatmadrid.com slash donate to support the cause here. You can buy me a virtual coffee. You can buy me a 100 virtual coffees if you'd like. However much you're comfortable, giving is great. I appreciate you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give me some likes. Give me a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. You know, the usual. And we will talk soon. Hasta la próxima. Bye.